episode of the Uncle Mar podcast. Today, we're getting the afternoon edition because my guest is on the other coast. And so <laughs> we had to obviously make arrangements for that. And uh, so I am uh, recording here late in the afternoon from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Our guest, my good friend, Becky Beal Burnett, is from Colorado Springs. Becky, how are you? I'm good. How are you, honey? I am good. And uh, I know that people will probably make comments, but uh, Becky is still at work. So uh, she is is recording from what looks like to be a stock room. A stock room. Yeah, it's the back area of the restaurant and it's uh, slash uh, storage and office. Space, George yes. and office space. All right. Yeah. And it looks like you already have a friend joining us. You have a hello from somebody I don't think I know. So uh, uh, Amy Lynn is uh, saying. Oh, hi, Amy. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> All right. So uh, as we get started here, um, as I have started to do on my other podcast, I will do here. Of course, I'm recording in the afternoon on Friday. So the weather is a little bit different. Uh, it's a little cloudy today, not as uh, sunny as it normally is. And the one good thing is not a lot of heat and humidity today. Right now, the temperature is 79, but the real feel is 86. So just wanted to get the weather report out there, as I always do. And as we deal with a little bit of news, my first thing that I want to do is I do want to say thank you. Uh, had a couple of donations that came in. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, one notable donation, Miss Bridget Bounds, who is also a friend from Satellite Beach. And uh, for those of you that don't know her, she is one of the twins that we always get mixed up. And um, she accused me of flirting with her sister instead of her or something like that. I don't know what happened back then. So just wanted to do that announcement. Also, a couple of birthdays we want to make note of today. Uh, Lisa Litterini and Michael Whiteside. Happy birthday, folks. Uh, Today is that. And uh, in sports, college game day today was on the campus of the University of Miami because the Florida State Seminoles are venturing down for their annual game. Florida State had a heart-crushing loss two weeks ago. Miami, obviously on the upswing, ranked uh, Florida State in typical Florida State fashion, just can't seem to get their act together. And, of course, their new coach has contracted COVID, so can't even travel with the team. So uh, he will be working with them virtually. And uh, the Canes are uh, favored by 11 points. Um, I have a couple of uh, adult wagering bets uh, for entertainment purposes only. So I'm hoping that they can at least cover the points. Um, we shall see. Uh, let's see in Florida news down here. I do need to say, because people always ask about Florida man stories. And, uh, so the one Florida man, uh, story that I will share with you is that a Florida man calls nine one one after neighbors yell, shoot, shoot during a hockey game. And this happened over on the West coast as the Tampa Bay lightning were playing. Uh, Hillsbury County Sheriff's Department had to show up at Devin Garnett's apartment door. He and two friends had gathered to watch the games. And in the first period, the trio began screaming loud for a goal. And their neighbor called the cops on them because he kept hearing shoot and thought that uh, there were guns in the house. So 
There is your Florida man story for this week. However, I have a great story much closer to home for me. Palm Beach Gardens is the first fire station in 57 years to have an all-female staff. All of the firefighters in Palm Beach Gardens in this one station. Uh, I don't know if I know the number of it, uh, but it has an all-female crew, uh, including their lieutenant, Christina Heiser Krakowski, and uh, that is just great news that uh, a lot of strides are happening with all of the social unrest that's going on. Wanted to get that story out there just so that we could have something positive to talk about. So that's going to do it for the news. So, Beck, let's get to you. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah. Busy. Yeah. Busy, busy. Um, busy it never busy. ends when you own a restaurant. Yes. So every day, every day is different. Every day is different. And I will say before we get too far into it, I did, uh, her husband did pop in real quick just to say hi and bye. Uh, he had to leave the store on a catering job, but I should probably go ahead and try to see if I can share this picture uh, about your store. And let's see if I can do this right because the store that you were, uh, own, you're actually there now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because, because you are so busy. Because I am busy. Yes. <laughs> Let's see if it uh, comes up there. There is the front of the store, Mama Pearl. What was that? That's actually the old location. That's the the very first store we ever owned. We moved up north, um, northern Colorado Springs, into a bigger place in January. Okay. Well, this was the first one. That was our little hole in the wall, Mama. All right. Well, that was the first one that I could find that uh, had the name on it. Everything else was inside the inside the restaurant or, you know, the stock room, who cares? Um, so that was the first location. So you're mm-hmm. at a new location. Do you still have the first one? No. Okay. No. So we, you um, we moved from a little smaller, what we call a hole in the wall. Um, we moved out of that in January and we opened up the 21st of January and we're closed down six weeks later for COVID. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So we did everything by um, to-go orders and curbside delivery or curbside pickup um, up until the middle of June. Um, they reopened us up at 50% capacity, and we've been at 50% capacity ever since. Okay. All right. So do you know when you're going to be going to the next phase and, and being able to get to 100%? No. Yeah. Okay. No idea. So- no, I heard you guys reopened up all the way, though. Our governor, um, I guess they were losing too much tourist money and too much, you know, hospitality funds. And he decided right. uh, this earlier this week, open everything back up, remove all the restrictions. Now, restrictions still exist for other areas of the economy. But in the restaurant uh, industry, we are able to dine inside and outside at 100%. Okay. okay. I probably still not go but uh, right still not comfortable and we've got a lot of folks that feel the same way so we're still blessed that they're calling and doing curbside delivery or curbside pickup so it's all good all right well just real quick about your business because one of the things that your husband said before he ran out the door was Mm -hmm. that you were a great asset to the business so let me ask did you guys open it together or did he do it first and you join later what how did that happen he opened it first um, 
Some folks would say it was a positive midlife crisis. My husband is almost nine years older than I am. And um, so he hit middle age a little bit earlier than I did. And he decided he didn't want to sit behind a computer anymore um, and make a six-figure income anymore. So he decided he was going to open up a restaurant. Um, and he did that eight years ago. And in order to keep us afloat, in order to see if, you know, restaurants, if you've been in business for two years, they're going to say, they say, okay, you made it. Um, and so we, I, I gave it three years. Um, and so I had to keep working to make sure that we, I could take care of our boys, um, and have health insurance. So I stayed in the corporate world, um, for another three years and then. When he saw that we were going to do it, now don't think I wasn't supporting him because I, I was definitely supporting the the effort. Um, but I I did need to take care of, of the family, and make sure that we were going to get this off the ground. Oh, and um, and I so I joined five years ago. All right. So obviously he did well enough that you could leave your job as well. Now you said he was behind a computer. Was he IT or just uh, uh, office desk job? He was IT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. A computer programmer for the better part of 30 years. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. But just got tired of it, huh? Got tired of it. Didn't want to do it anymore. Didn't want to be behind a desk. Well, um, I guess as a programmer, you're kind of tied to the desk. So uh, my, job, my job is out and about meeting with people, working on the sure. equipment and stuff. So. Uh, I have a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more flavor, I guess, is a nice way right. to say it. Right. All right. And what did you right. do before? Um, well, I've been in the hospitality industry. I, uh, When we graduated high school, I, I went to work at the Holiday Inn there on the beach as a front desk clerk. And I worked my way all the way up to manager. Um, and when we moved out here after Hurricane Katrina... Um, I was working at the Broadmoor Hotel, which is one of the one of only two five star five diamond hotels here um, in the, the United States. And I was a conference services manager. I was working 60, 75 hours a week. Uh, and then the economy tanked and um, they laid a bunch of us off in 2005. And I was one of those that was laid off. Mm. Um, they made the decision to do that based on if your if you had a spouse and your spouse was working, and my mm-hmm. spouse was working at the time, so they they uh, let me go, and um, and then I just went I, I you know a couple of different hotels, different things um, up until about five years ago, and and I brought my hospitality experience um, into our restaurant. Um, so I have, I would say that five-star, five-diamond hospitality has done us well here. Okay, great. Great. Now, how big is the restaurant in terms of seating and how often are you open? Are you open all seven days, breakfast, open lunch, dinner? Open all seven days. We're open for lunch and dinner. Um, we don't take any break in there. We are um, uh, Southern food, Cajun food. Um, and Southern Hospitality. Um, we moved up here from New Orleans, um, and my husband is born and raised in New Orleans, and this restaurant is ma- named after his mother. Mm. Um, my husband is number 10 of 13 children. Oh. So he learned to cook by through his sisters. Um, and so 
he brought all those recipes that were in his family for years and years and and brought him into the restaurant and made a restaurant out of it. Nice. All right. Yep. And uh, what's the signature meal there? Um, I'm going to say anything that has crawfish in it. Everybody wants crawfish. So crawfish etouffee, catfish train, anything that's got any kind of crawfish tail meat in it. Um, right. today we're, this weekend is our last weekend for snow crab and um, shrimp. Crawfish has a season, I guess you might okay. want to say. So we ended that in June and then we moved straight into snow crab and shrimp. And that's what we're doing. And we're, we're finishing that up tomorrow. Okay. Now, are you getting your snow crab from up north, from uh, the Alaskan area? No? No. No, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know where we get it from. Oh, <laughs> the only reason I asked that is because... Just ordering. <laughs> okay. The reason I asked that is because the wife and I went through a period, period where we watched um, that... Um, what is it? The dangerous catch or whatever. Yes. The, uh-huh. So that's where we knew of all the all the crabs and the all of that stuff. So haven't watched right. that in a while. I can't believe right. it's still on, but watch that. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's got a following. Yep, it does. A lot of things have a following. I was uh, one of the news stories that I was going to choose from is the Ninety Day Fiance. Do you watch that show? No, but Beth Nolan watches it, and she really? keeps telling me I need to get involved in it, and I'm like. Oh, I don't have time. <laughs> I wish I did, but well, I don't. No. Yeah, it's, it's, I didn't realize it either. The wife was watching it, and I said, look, I'll watch it if there's a Twitter. Right, right, <laughs> Which, right. You know, that's what I do. When the show is on, I, I tweet about it and participate in that. And uh, so uh, now for the last two weeks, I haven't watched because the wife is out of town. She's up in Ohio. And uh-huh. so I had to put them on the DVR. So I didn't watch, didn't tweet. although. There was news, and I don't know if you watched the show at all, at any bit of it. Nope. Okay. So, of course, there's different flavors. There's 90 Day Fiance. Mm -hmm. There's 90 Days the Other Way. And then there's Before the 90 Days. Okay. And they're all ridiculous. Yeah, they're all ridiculous in their own way. Okay, I got (laughs) you. So, uh, since you don't watch, I'm going to save the suspense and talk with somebody else because there was some huge news about Larissa. And uh, if oh, you don't know, okay. you won't appreciate it. But uh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't okay. help you with that one. That's all right. The wife <laughs> probably doesn't want me to talk about it anyway. So. Okay. All right. All right. So now let's go back and talk about how we know each other because one of the things that we do in the show is kind of, you know, I have people from all different walks of life, and so I have to sometimes explain how I know people because we're going back you know, junior high, high school, college, grad school, junior achievement, and blah, blah, blah. So you are from the beach. When I yes. say that, I mean Satellite Beach. Yes. Uh, I know that we went to high school together, but I don't yes. know if we did other stuff together. No, I don't no? think we did. We okay. had a couple classes together, but no. Well, and you were a band no. snob, right? I was a band snob, yeah. And I was a very proud band snob, yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed band. Band band took uh, I started in in elementary school with band and just went straight through to high school and and graduated and then go ahead. What school had what elementary school had band? Well, I wasn't I wasn't in satellite 
listen, I, my dad transferred from military, in the military, my dad was military, he was Air Force. No, you so my father transferred in, right. So my dad transferred the middle of my freshman year to, to Satellite Beach. Mm. And, um, and so I went to, I, I was in band actually in California is where I started with, okay. with any kind of instrument I could get my hand on. So, and then I wound up playing the flute um, in high school. Okay. So I'm assuming Air Force Brat and uh, in Air California and where else were you stationed? Do you remember? Well, we were pretty fortunate. Um, Daddy was in um, Alamogordo, New Mexico. And then we transferred to, um, and before that we were in uh, uh, Norton Air Force Base in California. And then we moved to um, to Satellite Beach. So his longevity in, in places was, was, we were California for 10 years. And then we were uh, in uh, Alamogordo for four. And then um, the last four were there in Satellite Beach. Um, he actually um, retired there and got out of the military there in Satellite Beach. And then they moved to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. My mother couldn't stand the humidity. So they moved back to to the desert. And they still live there. Really? Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How did he get 10 years? Because if if I remember correctly, back then... You could only do four years. At least that was my understanding because my dad was every four years. We were someplace yeah. new. Yeah, I know it. Um, he actually moved different. I, I want to say the word sector, but he moved to a different area of what he was doing. And that's how he was able to add on another uh, stint there. And then he was also up for um, lieutenant colonel. And so they were trying to maneuver and figure that in there as well. And then when he finally got Lieutenant Colonel, then they said, okay, so let's go ahead. That was after 20 years, spent the last 10 years as a Colonel. Um, But the last 10 years, then that's when they finally moved us out of there and and moved him to another space or another area, which was, um, which was Alamogordo. So. Okay. All right. Nice. All right. So. So you spent the three years or two and a half mm-hmm. <laughs> at Satellite. And mm-hmm. uh, then what happened after that? I got married at 18. Really? Right after school? Uh, right after school. And uh, moved overseas to Germany and spent three years at Bitburg Air Force Base in Germany. And then we got restationed, uh, my first husband. Um, we were then moved to. Um, here in Colorado Springs, he was at NORAD. So he was inside the mountain. Okay. Um, and uh, that's when we had our first, my first two children who are now um, 32 and 28 um, or 29. He's going to kill me. He's 29. Um, and so they were both born at the Air Force Academy here in Colorado Springs. And then we divorced short, shortly after that. Um, and I moved down to, um, down to, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico to be near my, my parents and, um, and then stayed there until I met my second husband. And that's the gentleman that you met that left a little while ago. And we've been married for almost 25 years now. Nice. Mm -hmm. And we have a child together who just turned 21 and is going to Colorado university in Boulder. 
Oh, they played. Did they win today? I think they were. I have. I don't know. I know the games were on, but I was a little busy, so I wasn't watching football. All right. And so, you know, people always ask me when mm-hmm. I do a post on the Facebook. Right. When I try, Renee. Yes. Yeah. When I have to <laughs> my good friend and they're like, who is that? And why do you keep doing that? I'm here. <laughs> because I have been to, to Denver, Colorado a couple of times. And you're right. like, why don't you let us know? Because, you know, I have to explain to people up until a few years ago, I didn't right. tell people where I was what I was doing, if I was traveling, I didn't, I didn't let people know until I got there. Right. And then it was like, all right, I'm here. Who's got an hour? Right. (laughs) Who's got time? Right. And the last time you were up here, it snowed. And I am just deathly afraid of that gap area between Denver and Colorado Springs. And that, and I don't trust anybody who drives in this, in this darn state. So, and I, we had dinner planned and, and I finked out on you and I, I really apologize for doing that, but I was just like, I am not comfortable getting in this car and trying to try to deal with these people in the snow. So. Well, and that's part of the reason is, yeah, I I, I made a point to say, and then you, you ghosted me. And then I ghosted, I didn't ghost you. I, I, no, I told you. But it I was cold. Uh, it, it was. It was. It was cold. Yeah, it was something else. And then when the it the, the sun shines here probably 360 days out of the year, but once the, the sun comes out and it melts off that snow, that snow turns to black ice, and it's just like I yeah, I just wasn't comfortable going in that, and it breaks my heart that I missed you, but I just. Yeah, yeah. But I appreciate every time you travel, you, you let me know and you, you give me a shout out. So yeah, got to do it. Got to do it. I'm glad you do. Yeah. So, you know, I was going to be traveling out to San Diego That's oh my. because of COVID. Right. And my law firms, they seem to be all set with their software. So the whole reason I've been going to Denver Mm-hmm. Um, is that every year they have a big legal conference for the American Legal Association. And, right. you know, I myself, I'm not a lawyer, but I work for a lot of law firms. And in order to evaluate the software and see what's new, I basically trick the lawyers into paying for me to go <laughs> to these conferences and meet with That's the vendors it. and stuff. So I don't know when the next time I'll be headed out there um, because they go back and forth. Uh, Denver, Chicago, um, Atlanta, but I haven't seen anything scheduled, obviously, uh, out there for for quite some time. So the next time we see each other may be the reunion next year. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I do plan on traveling for that. Okay. Carlin and I are going to travel together and come to Florida for the reunion. So we'll be there. All right. When you say travel together, you're not driving, are you? No, no, she'll come up here. Uh, she lives about five hours south. She lives right outside of Durango, Colorado. Okay. Um, and she'll travel up here, and then we'll get on a plane and, and come to Florida together. All right. So, you know, I keep meaning to look this up. I never really figured out how far is it again from uh, Denver to Colorado Springs? 
It's about 50 miles. Oh, okay. It's not as not as bad as I thought. No, no, it's about have, 50 miles. I have friends that are south in uh, Castle Rock. Castle Rock is from the tech center, which is the southern part of of uh, Denver. Castle Rock's about 15 minutes from yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Those people came to meet me, by the way. And, okay. All right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> never going to live this down. <laughs> All right. And now it's on the internet, so it'll never go away. No, I know. Now, yeah, now it's been recorded for posterity, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> mm. So speaking of posterity, let's let's use that to transition into why we're really here. Because one of the good things about getting back on the Facebook and stepping back out into the world is is now I get to learn all of the personal things that I didn't care about back in the day. So you and of course you know we weren't great enough friends that i would have expected you to tell me anyway but you were not with your biological family growing up did i lose you uh oh see ghosting so let me see if we are if uh, those of you that are watching can uh, just give me a quick signal here because I need to know if uh, Becky has been dropped. And we're going to do a couple of little things here. Yep, there she goes. So, all right, so we're going to wait a couple minutes, folks, and see if she can get back on. I do know that, again, she is at work and... I don't know how the weather is out there. I know that, uh, and thank you, Roxanne and, uh, and Nicole. Yes. So I'm live. It looks like we, we lost Becky. Uh, I'm going to wait a few minutes to see if she gets back into the, uh, the stream here. That is the joy of doing stuff over the internet. And, uh, let's see here. I'll see if she sends me a message. If she doesn't, I'll at least give you a quick recap of what we were going to talk about, just so that all of you aren't left hanging. And do this. Why don't we do this? Let me actually switch over to do this. Ba, 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 ba. Right, it is. I am Becky's cousin and partner in the restaurant from New York. Oh, all right. So you want to come on the show, Roxanne? <laughs> Do that here. So let me get some uh, music streaming in here. Up, oh, looks like she's back, so I don't have to do that. So uh, let me get her out of the green room. There I am. There you are. So before we get to talking about what we were doing, Roxanne and Nicole were talking to me here in the chat mm -hmm. and uh, Roxanne just declined my request to come on the show. So, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> All righty then. So uh, <laughs> she's, your, she's your cousin, huh? Yes, she is. Mm. And did you rope her into the business? Um, I guess. I, I don't know. I, she's a great human. She's a wonderful business partner. 
and she's an all-around just wonderful, wonderful lady. And we are blessed to have her in our lives. All right. Good to hear. Yeah. Sam, thank you very much. All right. As you, uh, I thought maybe you got a little, you know, cold feet and decided. No, all of a sudden it went black and there was no internet connection. So I had to reconnect to the internet. I don't know what happened. Mm. So. All right. So as we were talking, the, uh, I don't know how much you heard before you went out on us. We were talking about the fact that I did not know that uh, you were not a part of your biological family in school or growing up. And I'm not sure the way that you made the announcement this year, I I guess a lot of people didn't know. No. So explain yourself. So I never um, announced that. Um, The only person who ever knew that I was adopted was Carla Nibby. Okay. Um, It never felt like it was something that I needed to tell anybody because I had a mom and dad. Um, And my mom and dad adopted me when I was five days old. Um, They went from from Alamogordo, New Mexico to Las Cruces, New Mexico to, to pick me up from an adoption agency. This was in 1967. And um, my mother could not have children. And so she decided, her and my father decided that they wanted to adopt. And I guess one of the interesting points of, of my adoption is that they were offered another child, another baby before me. And um, my mom I don't want it to sound bad. I really don't. But my mom said she didn't feel a connection with that baby. Mm. And so um, they, they declined. And six months later, they were presented with my adoption. And um, they drove down and they um, put me in her arms. And my mom said, this is our baby girl. And that's all I've ever, all I've ever known my entire life. Um, and I told myself that if my children or my grandbabies ever got sick, that I would look for my biological family because I would move heaven and on earth to be able to take care of my kids if they ever needed anything like that. But I had minimal information on who my mother was, my biological mother. Her name is Cheryl. Um, she was very, very young when she had me. And I mean, I mean, very young in her, in her mid teens. Um, and was put into a situation that was not going to enable her to care for me. Um, because her mother, um, was, for lack of a better word, not going to have it. Um, so she placed me up for adoption. She was sent to a home for unwed mothers and she had me and, um, she held me for a little bit. One of the nurses allowed her to hold me and she asked if she could keep me. And they said, no, um, because the adoption had already gone through with my, my parents. And I've just found all this out just recently in meeting 
my biological family. Um, sometimes when you send, um, you send messages through Facebook, they go to a spam folder. If you're not friends with that particular person, that's just kind of a way of, I guess, Facebook filtering things out, you know, and I never knew there was such a folder until I was sitting home one day in the middle of March, right after they had closed us down. And I looked in that folder and I saw an email or a message in there from, from my sister, Carrie. And, um, I just said, I don't know if you were born on this day. And if this was your, you know, you were adopted at, from this place. But I think if you, if all that information does line up, I think I may be your sister. My world just went like that. And I immediately called my son over and I said, I need you to read this because I don't, don't I don't, I don't even know what to do with this information. And he, he said, mom, in the time we're in, you don't know if it's a hoax or not. So we probably need to, to look into it a little bit further. And so then I called my daughter and, um, my daughter was all over it, Marvin. I mean, just all over it. Mom, I got this. I'll figure this out for you. And my daughter contacted Carrie and we put all of the pieces together the time i was born where i was born the hospital i was born in i had all that information my biological mother had given that information to the adoption agency so my mother had shared that with me and told me this is what i know about your adoptive about your biological side your mother and your father your biological mother and father and um To say that it set my world on a little bit of a tilt is probably not the right way to say it. I was in a tailspin for a little bit. Um, It wasn't a bad thing, but it was something that I was never thought that I was going to have to, and I don't want to say deal with. Deal with doesn't sound like the right word, but it, it didn't feel like. Did I want to do this? I guess is what I I wanted. I want to say. So my daughter called my mother and asked her a couple questions. Um, What was the name of the hospital that mama was born in? And um, what time was she born? And she asked those questions of, of my sister, Carrie. And Carrie knew exactly that information because it came from my biological mother. So we decided, I decided that I was going to go ahead and take that leap of faith and, and start communication and found out that I have a sister that is three years younger than I am. I have, her name's Heather. I have a sister, um, Carrie. Um, and then I have an, a, a biological brother by the name of Koi, and I have another sister by the name of Katie. Um, and Katie's getting married next month, and I am going to her wedding. Wow, nice. Um, we had a nice family reunion, a get-together, I guess you might want to say, on the 4th of July. And bless my mother's heart, she opened up her home to it, because believe it or not, my biological family, the majority of them, 
live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, about 10 minutes away from my parents. Mm. It's a small world. Yes. I think my biggest fear out of everything was how was my mom going to handle this information? Knowing that my biological mother was going to come back, was going to come into my life. And I had then now have a family, a very large family. Um, It's just me and my brother. So I, I, I'm not with exception of my husband's family. I'm not real familiar with large families. Um, They're large. There's a lot of them. (laughs) I'm blessed um, that they are in my life. Um, If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I will tell you that I don't, I've had my struggles with this. Um, I think my biggest one is how do I, where do I fit in? They all have a history. They all have, they have, they've had each other all their lives. Um, So where do I fit into this? Where's my, or is my place in their family? And I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm still trying to maneuver my way into that. Um, but the more conversations we have and the more time that we get to know each other, um, it'll become a little bit easier for me, I think, in the long run. Of course. So one of the things that, you know, I think that we in our generation, mm-hmm. we are learning how to deal with a lot of these situations in a much different way than our parents did. And in the way that our children are going to, because we were that tweener generation where, you know, these types of things before us, you know, our parents uh, and their parents, these were things that did not get talked about. These were secrets kept in the closet. These were things swept under the rug. And so we are the beneficiaries of that mentality. But things have changed. And one of the reasons that I wanted to talk with you is to let you know that I know many people, and I'm surprised at how many people I know that were adopted. And some of them didn't even know they were adopted. Um, Some of them did know that they were adopted. And all of them deal with it in their own way. And You know, for your question to ask, you know, where do I fit? Well, you fit exactly where you are. Right. You know, the timing of when things happen is for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, granted, it's a weird time because the world is weird right now. So (laughs) in a sense, it may seem like that's one more thing, you know, on top of COVID and on top of social unrest and on top of political unrest. But you know what? There's a reason, a reason that it happened now and a reason that, you know, things will fall into place and, you know, you'll be fine. They'll be fine. Everyone will be fine. And I think we lost her again, man. I hope she heard some of that. Um, so I cannot tell exactly who is watching live unless you're in the chat. I know we've got a few people in there. Uh, Carrie, the sister that she mentioned, uh, is uh, on. There we are. Hello again. 
Hello again. <clears throat> so I don't know how much of what I said you heard. Oh, uh, well, the, the, the last part of what you were saying was that just in this time and what we're go all going through now, it's just a different, I don't know, it's a different feel for everything, I guess, is what. Yeah, it what, is. Yeah. But, but I don't want you to ever think that, and I don't want anybody who's listening to ever think that I felt like being adopted was a stigma. Um, I just, it never, she, my mother told me when I was 10 years old that I was adopted. Um, but, she, but I never felt like I had, it was like a secret or I had to keep a secret or it was anything like that. There, that was never anything that really was, I don't know. Right. I, I don't think it was that I, oh my gosh, everybody's going to look at me differently because I'm adopted because I don't, that's not. No. And I don't think anybody yeah. would, like I said, no. a lot of us grew up with situations that, you know, it would be different if you were adopted at 12, you know, right. or something right. like that. But, you know, you said at age five. So. No, I was five. Know. I was five days. Five days. Right. I was five days. Know, old, sorry, yeah. Five days. Um, yeah. So you knew nobody knew differently. That's, nope. you know, your family is who you were with. Yep. And outside of a biological connection, mm -hmm. your parents are the ones you grew up with. Right. So. Right. They're, and you know, my mother couldn't be more excited for me. She has always wondered who my biological family was. She's uh, the woman is just she's phenomenal, and she just I'm so happy for you, Becky. You have more family, and and I've always wondered who who it was that blessed you and gave you to me. So they, they, my, both my mothers have thanked each other for what, for, for me. So I, I couldn't be happier that those two women are, they shared my birthday together. I wasn't even there. And my mother asked my biological mother to come up to her house and spend my birthday there with her. And then she went through my baby book and showed my mother all my pictures and showed my biological mother, Cheryl, all of my, my childhood photographs and memories that my mother had and shared with her. So the two of them have formed a bond um, that I could not be more pleased with. And I'm very thankful that my mother reached out and embraced the journey the way she has. Well, that's good to hear. That's great to hear. So, you know, you mentioned the fact about people saying how great it's going to be, you right. know, to have the additional family members. So that's something that it's, it's, it's hard for me to explain, but, and I don't know how many people remember, and I, you know, most everybody remembers that it was me, my sisters and my mom. Mm-hmm. My parents divorced when I was 12. Right. So I was in Satellite Beach and, you know, if my parents had not divorced, I would have been over in Italy. Right. During that time. But when my dad left, it was almost like we lost half of our family. And it made things very interesting for my mom to raise three kids on her own. Right. Um, and back at a time where women didn't make a lot of money, right? 
Uh, she worked two jobs, which kind of made, I'm not going to say it made my life difficult. It made my life interesting. So, you know, trying to play the sports and then thinking that I had to work, you know, trying to work at McDonald's and play football and basketball and all of that stuff. And, you know, last July, this past July, during the COVID, we were supposed to have a family reunion. Right. Which would have brought a lot of those family members back together. So for the last year, I have been going through something similar where I'm meeting people that I've never known. Right. My mom, I thought for the longest time she was like 12 of 16 in terms of children in her family, but I think the real number is is 13 or 14. I don't know exactly. It's one of those weird things. Um, And so there's her side of the family that we still keep in touch with, or not we, but some of my people kept in touch with my dad's side of the family. And then there were some divorces in there. Uh, I'm supposed to have something like 53 first cousins. Wow. So going through all of those things of, you know, meeting people and talking to people. And I have people you know, that are friend of me on Facebook and they're sending me all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know you. Right. right. <laughs> um, so it, it's, you know, I can understand trying to figure out, okay, wow, the dynamics certainly will change. Right. But it's going to be fine. Yeah. I, I know it's going to be fine. And, and, I, and, and I, and some days are easier than other days. Um, and do I want to meet everybody? Absolutely. Um, do I want to embrace the journey? Absolutely. I don't want to not be able to say, I got to know you. I got to appreciate you. I, uh, you know, they all knew about me from the time that they could remember. They used to call me and celebrate my, or they used to call me August. Um, and they used to celebrate my birthday every year in August because my mother, Cheryl, never, never kept it a secret that there was a baby that she couldn't have, she couldn't hold on to. So they all knew about me from wee bits growing up. And so it was important to them to find me. And I, and, and so I'm never going to say, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I just want to be honest that it had, there's been days of struggle. Um, again, it, Marvin, in trying to figure out where do I fit into the family dynamics? And again, I'm going to fit in where I'm comfortable fitting in, right. I guess is what I want to say. So. All right. It's going to be all good. <laughs> the world is going to be just fine. Exactly. exactly. At some point, some point we're all going to be gone. It's going to go on without us. So. That's exactly right. That's exactly no, right. No yep. fretting over anything. That's right. right. That's right. All right. So, um, yeah, it was funny because I remember when that post went up, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. And at first, I'll be honest with you, at first, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Because I was like, all right, new information. Let's move on. Right. But hearing you tell the story, uh, it was uh, interesting in, you know, how you wrote it out. um, Thank you. Because you actually put out several different posts. And, you know, being able to share your feelings through those posts is powerful. And I think that's the good part of something like Facebook, where we can do that. 
and get community support. Right. And it gives us a platform in areas where you wouldn't necessarily feel that could be a platform. But I, I have to tell you that was cathartic to me to be able to do that because it had been a, a, the better part of a month since mm-hmm. I found out. And I, I wrote those words down that I put out there on Facebook several different times in my journal. And I finally put all the pieces and parts together and the feelings and said, this is what I want to do. And there's also Carla Newby, who's got four adopted children. And she has been my biggest cheerleader through this whole thing. Um, And there have been days where I wasn't sure I was going to, do I want to continue this? And she said, yes, you do. Because you need to find out what this is for you. So don't give up on me. Beth Nolan, a godsend to me. Um, Tina Veltry, praying up one side and down the other for me. So I've had my, my girls that have been there for me and have helped me through this. And I wouldn't be able when, to, have, to have these women, these strong women in my life, for 35 plus years has been a very true blessing to me. And I would not, if you were to tell me today when we were back in high school that these would be the three women that would be my biggest cheerleaders, I would have looked at you and said, yeah, okay. (laughs) Especially Carla, yes. Carla and I have been very, very close since we were freshmen in high school. But, but Beth and, and, and Tina and I have had not so much of that um, up until recently in the last couple of years. And it's just been, it's been wonderful to have these women in my life and to have strong women in your life. I, I can't begin to explain to you how much that means to me as a woman. I, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but women, yeah, women can sometimes not be there for each other. And to have that in my life has been an extremely true blessing. And I can't wait to see all of them next year. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to being able to spend time with them. So let me add something to that, that I think will shed some light on it from my perspective. So Looking at my life mm-hmm. in satellite, thinking that, you know, 35 plus years from now, I'd be doing this mm-hmm. and, and talking to people who, right. I'll be honest, half the time, I don't remember situations. I don't remember people sometimes. Right. Um, and looking now at the relationships that people from our high school, and I'm going to specifically talk about Satellite Beach because in all the things that I've dealt with, Junior Achievement was one of those things where I can see those friends and we can pick up right where we left off, but it only pertains to things we did Junior Achievement-wise. It pertains to the national conferences that we attended. It pertains to the company programs and stuff. But Satellite Beach... 
Satellite High School, Delora, Sea Park, Surfside, Holland, Hoover. I mean, it was something where it is absolutely amazing to see the way that relationships are kept. And it's not like, you know, this Hallmark movie where, you know, small town people stay friends all their life and deal with stuff. This is, you know, Satellite Beach wasn't that small, first of all. No. These are real relationships and people who didn't hang out and socialize back then are doing it now. And it's no big deal. And everybody's there for each other. Everybody's happy for each other. Everybody's supporting each other. Um, I'm actually kind of shocked sometimes. I, and, and me as well. I, I, I totally agree with you 100% on, on that statement. Why? I don't know. Um, but I will tell you that I am I'm really happy to see it. I'm extremely happy to see it. So let's keep it up. Well, we are. I'm, I'm going to do my catch up on this because I was out of the loop for many, many years and uh, back in it now. I mean, hey, Tina Beltry reached out to me recently and we chatted. So good. <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, so we're we're on track and um, I will keep reaching out to people and doing stuff. And of course, we've got the reunion that has been rescheduled for next year. So I think that that is going to be something that. After this year, I have a feeling that a lot more people will show up than had originally planned to. So I sure hope so, because there's some folks I would really, really like to see. I'd like to see us all be able to come together and 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 just reminisce and be there for each other for a couple of days. It would be awesome to see. All right. So now here's the question. Now, I know it's always difficult when spouses work together. So. My wife works for me, so she can obviously leave and do whatever. Are you two going to be able to do it together where he can come uh, with the reunion uh, next year? I don't know. I I mean, we'll have to see what the state of the union is here in this (laughs) fine establishment (laughs) at that point. I don't know. He tends to um, pull away from things that are that are like that and not that it's because he's not um interested um he's not a real big social butterfly i guess i would say and so he kind of just lets carla and i do our own thing so i don't i don't know carla's husband's the same way and and dan was a part of satellite so um so i don't know we'll see um if i can get him on a plane or not but he will probably just say no, I'm good. You you go and have a good time. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I tried, to, I tried to do that one year and got a phone call that I. Oh. Better do. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well. Yeah, I'm not, right. social, I'm not a social butterfly. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty shy guy. Once you get to know me. Oh. Okay. Okay. You go with that. <laughs> oh my. So um. What else is, I saw there was some other news. What else is happening um, that I was, I can't keep track with the Facebook stuff. That's okay. It's all right. I became a grandmother for the fifth time this year. Oh, congratulations. That's all good. Yeah, she's Scarlet Joy. They named her, they gave her my middle name. Um, and she what? was born. Which one? Scarlet's your middle name? No, Joy's my middle Joy. name. Yeah. 
they gave really? her the name Scarlet Joy. They gave her my middle name. And um, she was born in the middle of COVID. So that was an experience. She was the first grandbaby I haven't seen born. Mm. Um, so that was a little bummed, but I got to take care of my, my five-year-old granddaughter while my son and, and daughter-in-law went and had a baby. So that was a great three days. Mm. Um, so there's been some really great things that have happened in the middle of COVID. So I, you know, it's been an experience, but I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to look back on 2020 and say that, well, that was just a total bust because it wasn't, there were some good things that happened. So right. now are all your kids pretty close to you? Um, my daughter and, and my, three of my grandchildren live in Houston. Oh, okay. um, but my son and um, his wife, Jess, Nick and Jess, they live about uh, 45 minutes away. And um, of course, Alexander's up north in, at, in Boulder. So he's about an oh. hour and a half away. So they're all pretty close. All right. 45 minutes is too close. You think so? Yeah. I don't see him enough. <laughs> I don't have any kids for my mom to come down and babysit. So maybe it, it would be different if I had the kids. So right, right. Uh, Kim, uh, uh, Kim, my wife has a son um, and he stayed up in Ohio. So. Okay. Um, so that's where she's young. at. She's visiting him in Ohio. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, actually she's visiting the mother. So okay. Her mom, her mom can't travel anymore. Okay. So her and her sister uh, fly there every year to go hang out with mom. Okay. And of course, awesome. of course, the son, my you know stepson, is there still. So obviously, they get together, and m most of their family is still there. There, they are from a small town in Ohio. And right. when I say small, when I went to go visit her for the first time, they had one blinking stoplight. Wow! Yeah, that's small. And. Uh, it was so bad where, so it, it really felt like when we left her place, we had to go into town to do stuff. Right. And when we went out to dinner uh, with her friends and stuff, we got in a car, we loaded up and we took off down the road. We left town and we were going down. If, if you ever watch any of those movies and you're just going down and it's nothing but trees and no street lights and you know, after like half an hour, I'm like, where are we going? Right. <laughs> There's a destination in mind, right? He's like, oh, we're going to eat. And, you know, we have to go to camp or whatever. I had to make an hour drive. And she laughed. She's like, why? I said, listen, where I'm going, there's like 20 restaurants within 15 minutes. Okay. So it was, it was interesting getting to uh, learn the landscape in small town Ohio. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I've only ever lived in really, you know, rather large cities, except for when we were in Louisiana and our home was in a really small town there, um, four or five traffic lights, I guess. Um, but we worked in New Orleans. So, I mean, it, that was right. a huge metropolitan city. So there's 500,000 people here in Colorado Springs. So it's, yeah. so like beach is big, large, you know, so. yeah, big enough, big enough. So, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I know that uh, you probably should get back to work. And, yes, sir. Uh, we'll do that. So before we go, any shout outs that you want to do to uh, anybody who may not be watching or listening? Um, 
Well, I, I appreciate my son getting me set up with this camera here because he wanted me to make sure I had a good camera. So Alexander, thank you. Um, Tina, Beth, Carla, thank you so much for being here for me. Um, Roxy, thanks for, for chiming in and coming in. Nicole, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And um, anybody else who, came, who decided they wanted to be a part of it and my family, um, mom and dad, Carrie, Cheryl, um, Katie, we'll, Koi, we'll see you guys next month for Katie's wedding. She's the last sibling to get married. So it's big doings. All right. All and right. thank well, you for asking me to be a part of your show. I appreciate you. Well, thank you for saying yes. because uh, You are more than welcome. There's so many Yahoo's have said no. So Aww. <laughs> actually well, not that many. That. Not that many. Not that many. Okay, but um, so folks, when you see me make a post and say on behalf of my good friend, there you go. Blah blah blah. This is the person that that goes out to for uh dogging me on yes. the trip. For ghosting you, quote unquote. I didn't ghost you. Me you <laughs> All right, Beck. Well, we will. With you, honey. Uh It was good to catch up with you. Yes, it was. We'll do that again, and uh, obviously, we'll. I mean, we'll talk on the Facebook and stuff, but we'll. um, I don't know if we'll see each other again before next year, but definitely when the reunion happens. Absolutely. uh, We'll do that. And, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching. Yes. And if you are listening. After the fact on the podcast, be sure to go to either Facebook or YouTube and like the pages so that you can be notified when we do these things live. I don't have a set schedule yet. Um, I don't make money doing this. So don't think that I can just, you know, whip stuff up. That's why I have people make donations. And if you go to unclemarv.com, you can do that. You can either make a donation on PayPal or you can use the link to take you to an Amazon store where if you make a purchase on Amazon, I get like a 1% or 0.5% commission or something that helps me pay for stuff like the microphone and all of this stuff and uh, keep these things going. So thank you again, everyone for watching and listening. Becky, thank you. Thank you, Marvin. It's good to and, see uh, you. Honey. We'll be back again soon. And uh, until next time, holla. <laughs>